Sensor Global saves lives with automatic compliance and manages smoke alarms, gas and water leak detection with 24-7 remote management. It provides complete control, reduced risks and improved compliance for property managers. To find out more, speak to Anthony Booth or head over to sensorglobal.com. Welcome to the PM Collective podcast. Today we are doing a bit of a take two. I've re um, recorded this one before, but stuffed up on the recording. So, Kelly, welcome for coming back. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Now, I have completely had like a huge mental block. This is so embarrassing. Don't be embarrassed. It's only me. <gasps> what, what company do you come from? I don't, how bad is that? Hardcore. Oh my God. Hardcore Delights in Joondalup. <gasps> That's so bad, guys. So I know Kelly reasonably well and I should have absolutely. And we're friends, but you know, thanks. I know. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> all good. If, if I had the energy, I'd restart this again with it all, but I didn't. So it's just too bad. Um, so what I wanted to, what we we're going to chat about is what we did last time, which was about marketing. Yes changes in the marketing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maybe a bit of the um, process and how that's changed from the COVID last... and things like that. Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. How is your marketing going at the moment? Marketing's really good, to be honest. I still get a kick out of advertising property. I think the longer you get into real estate, you forget that it is the person's biggest asset. Um, but each new management is just as important as the next one. So I'm very, very big on professional photography and taking my time to write the blurbs, which I know we you s- love. I remember we spoke about that because you like to do a nice big... I like to hear the birds chirping, yes, and put all that in. Just because I think the owners really appreciate it. Like, let's be honest, when tenants are looking at a property, they look for bedrooms, bathrooms and garage, and that's pretty much it. So I think the blurb is more for prospective clients and the owners knowing that their property is really important and really special. Um so yeah, I find marketing, even though properties are moving really quickly, it's still first point of contact, first impressions, just as important. And I'm finding that the good BDMs like yourself, they use the very descriptive text because they say, why should the rental property be you know, inferior to the way you would do a sales ad? So is that the philosophy you follow? It is very much so because the sales ads are a lot longer. Like they probably pay people to write blurbs when they use just me. Um, but I just... I don't know. Like I always think that you rent a house or buy a house from how the house makes you feel. So the ad should be no different. You know, you should walk in the door and know if your furniture can fit and if the kids can play and where you can have your morning coffee. So I try to always think about that. And when I'm appraising a house, make the notes accordingly that if I successfully list it, then my ad will reflect from my notes. Email, I um, advertise a three bedroom, one bathroom, house double garage and big backyard in dot point. And you're still extremely successful, so it obviously works. <laughs> correct, correct. I, I, I mean, I use that loosely. I do that for some properties, but I do feel a little bit descriptive. It depends on how much energy I've got. And you know what? That it's While it might be a really bad thing for me to um, admit it's also the truth and you know there are some some people out there that that do it that way but I don't think it matters because like I said 
Some people love it. And I have a property manager who will rewrite my ads and she will change my ad to a dot point. Mm. She's very, I want to know if the bedrooms have a row, very just point, 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 point. And that's her, which is completely fine. And that works for her and she doesn't like the fluff. Mm. And there will be people looking that won't like it and will like it. So you suit obviously many, many criteria and ours other way would suit other people. And the other thing as well that is, I don't know if it's a sore point in your office, but in our office, um, my staff like to use a front photo as their main photo, and oh, I no. hate that. You, no, you never use a front no. photo. <laughs> Our, the girls sometimes do it, and I'll go and like change it to the kitchen Correct. or something that you can't see because people will drive past. Yeah. I know myself, we're looking to buy it. You drive past a house, so you can see the front yourself. Correct. You want to see something that you can't see. It's like when people used to have photos on full lease signs, and they'd have the front photo out the front, in the front of the house? Yes. And yeah, no, I'm oh. very anti the front. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Definitely. Because, yeah, I just and, – and generally the front in our area, the front is just an ugly brown brick, <laughs> like villa. And they can see it if you straight view it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to advertise that. So. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> same page, Ash. <laughs> excellent, <laughs> excellent. Um, how is your how – the, how's the marketing in terms of prices going for you at the moment? Look, I think – to be honest, they've stabilized a bit. I'm, you would know, obviously, we had crazy rents. And I think um, people were offering well over and above because that was people's budgets as opposed to what the actual property was worth. But I'm very big. Like if I'm appraising your home, I'll give you a $50 range. So I might say, you know, it's 5 to 5.50 based on how many will be on the market at the time you're actually ready to go on um, and what's on the market now. So I like to really give that client that from the get-go because – you know, it reflects on me. So I think tenants are, we're still getting good numbers, like definitely, but I don't think we're getting as much of the bidding war as we saw back when, you know, it was a bit more hectic in the market. Yeah. I've changed some of our pricing. If they don't get the inquiries um, at the fixed price, I've been doing a range and been able to lease the property on the range. Because it's still, uh, much with that, it's better quality tenant that owners still care about. Don't get me wrong, people sometimes want the highest rent, but... You want the best tenant for your house, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, we will ever see in the next five years a auction or an open negotiation system for rentals? I used to do it. Did you? Yeah. So that work? Well, I used to do just offers um, on properties that I really couldn't price. Like, for example, I have one coming up in Edgewater and the owner just bought it and they have very high expectations because they paid a lot of money for it. Now, the home is an older home, but the views are sensational. So it's very hard to price. The suburb is also a very owner-occupied area. And I said to him, look, you can go on offers because people will offer what they see in value. I can tell you what you might not want to hear, um, but somebody might come along and go, right, I've got a budget of 600 This is what I will pay for this house. I'm not opposed to it, but I think you need to give people a guide. You know, it's a bit annoying as a consumer. Oh, so. I'm trying to buy it. Yeah, it's, it's the so most. I, I email a price guide, and they email me back a price. And I'm like, why not just put a price on it? Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it also doesn't rule out everybody because you could get an amazing tenant who's at a five fifty that wants to be there for five years, or a tenant who's at six hundred that wants to be there for nine months. Yeah. So it definitely keeps your options open. It's very in favour of the owner. I I'm definitely not opposed to it. Very big fan. We have a spiel about it in our booklet as well. Um. But I just there's not enough people moving that way yet. Yeah, yeah. I um I think the open negotiation would be a good option. Like if literally the the company open negotiation did some sort of platform for rentals, but I guess people are wanting quicker decisions 
then like you know, I think open negotiation. If you did it for three weeks, you're gonna lose people because they're like, I need to people property. in their house now. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Look, right. it definitely could work, and I would love to get it up. And I think if you had pro- like higher end properties that you just couldn't price, mm-hmm. it may work because companies set budgets. Um, but I think it would annoy a lot of people too. Yeah, I think from um, pricing properties lately, if I find that there's um, expectations that are hard to meet with the client, I always give them a statistical price, which is just the stats from RP data. And then I give them a gut or a supply and demand opinion as well. And then we try and range it in between there. So I can, I might say, listen, statistically, your property is only worth $600 per week, but the fact that there's not much stock in the, the area, we can try a little bit more and see how it goes. So then it sort of keeps them happy a little bit, but tells them the honest Statistical. If it comes back only at six, they can't be annoyed. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I agree. So we tend to do that a little bit. Um, how are you doing your handover as – actually, you did a um, – it's all shocking back to me now, our, our last podcast that was um, completely stuck <laughs> up in sound. Our lovely podcast. <laughs> and, and for the listeners, we um, – so we did this podcast. It was so good. And the sound was completely skew and I was so gutted that I don't think I told you, you did. for about three or four weeks until you sort of messaged me again. Hey, just like, hey that's right. And I actually literally sent it off to someone in the UK, like an expert in sound to get it fixed. And then I thought to myself, Ash, you were just being absolutely stupid. I'm not going to get Just contact her again and ask her to come in and do it. Like, otherwise this thing was probably going to cost me a thousand bucks. But I was, I know, I know. I love the commitment and I thank you so much for the commitment. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was very silly on my part. So the, the, the thoughts and the, the conversations come back. back to me now. So we spoke about the handover process as because um, you work as a BDM mm-hmm. and the handover process and you did something really good, which I liked. Do you remember what it was? My video? Yes. Yes. Love that. So tell me about that. Okay. So basically, so I'm the first point of contact for any new owner that contacts Harcourts and I do the introduction myself and introduction to our property management and basically fees, how it all works, all the process. From there, if they appraise the property, if they list with us, then obviously do the management authority. All the technical sort of things on that side. And then when the authority is signed and executed, I email it back to them and then I introduce them to their property manager. So in that email, they get my property manager's profiles, um, whoever's been allocated to them, and a video that is of the girls, which they all hated doing, but they are fantastic videos. Did you get them done professionally? No, we just did them in the office on an iPhone. And the girls were hating on me, um, but the owner gets that. So it's very personable, introduces them, how long they've been in the industry, um, what they like about the industry, and then just a little bit like what they enjoy doing on the weekend. So nice and basic, but I find that I was always really nervous about becoming a full-time BD because I had to promise somebody something and then hand it over to somebody else. Very nerve-wracking. So this way... They get to meet the person, so they're comfortable right from the get-go. They also know I'm always still there, but I just think a video is so much more personable. Yeah. And then the property manager takes over the property for first from open, all application processing, and just handles it from there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Inspect Real Estate, or IRE, is an Australian-based software company that is passionate about creating quality, customised solutions for agents, tenants, buyers, and property owners designed by agents for agents because we care. 
IRE has now processed more than 108 million inquiries and is currently being used by thousands of industry leaders. There are many time-saving products from booking and managing inspections within our flagship product ROL, creating and managing applications with ToApply and AppChecker, and tracking keys with Keyware, through to listing on Inspect Real Estate's free property portal, Tenant App, plus so much more. Visit inspectrealestate.com.au or give us a call on 1300 934 721. Yeah. That's something that I learned from you and I haven't done it yet, but I have found a little issue with my handover process where I go to give them to one of the other property managers. And because I have been working with these investors so closely with the purchase of the property as well, they've got so much trust in me that when it comes to the like passing them on, they're like, oh, is it over already? Like, And I say to my staff, look, just like me, you're going to be happy, but it's still not the same. So I need to improve and introduce them earlier. You have to, I think, because like I said, it's so nerve wracking. And I think like I have serious letting go issues. Mm. I was nervous that, you know, they were going to get there and not not be happy, but they were used to me and they signed up with me. So now they're just getting handballed to somebody else. But I always say, look, I have been a property manager, but I'm not a good property manager anymore. That's my theory. I say that too. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. Like these girls are experts in their field. Like they're all so knowledgeable. They're so much more patient than I am. So they will give that owner far better service than I ever could. So I think because I really do believe that, they can tell. And then the girls never let me down. Like they're all fantastic property managers. So it's really because they've been introduced and then – like the most important part half the time is leasing because they handle that and they trust. And then I ring and say, congratulations when it's leased. No issues. Touch wood. Yeah. No issues. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's good. That's definitely something um, to improve on. And everyone's a bit different in their BDM roles. And that's why it's good to have a chat like about how you do it. Because I, the other thing that I've been doing, and it's going to come back and bite me in the bum, but I have been holding on to the management. And you were going to say that. Oh, that's I know. Bad. What are you doing? I know. Because, because, and then I'm holding on to them. And then, I'm and then you've got no them. time. I know. And then I'm building up the portfolio. And then once they're all settled, then I'm sort of like passing them on when they're all settled. And I know. You have great stuff. I know. Like you lead them amazingly. I know. They're, they're wonderful. Then why not hand it over? Because then I've got to have the conversation with the, oh, the, the, the owner and then I feel bad and then I'm, then I, yeah, it's, it's. But your property managers would be better property managers than you. Way better. Yeah. And 100%. So that you've answered if you if you want me to manage the property, I probably check your arrears once you know every three weeks. Like get an inspection. Absolutely, absolutely. See, that's why you hand it over. And I and I do say that to them. I say I am not the best property man. If I was doing property management full time, different. I'd be wonderful. Yep. But yep. but you're um, not. I'm you're not. on the phone and you're out and about, and you can't be in the office to be what that owner needs you to be, and they need it managed. Correct. Correct. Hand it over, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, follow you up on this. <laughs> correct. Hold me accountable. Well, I've actually just got um, a, a good staff member. I've got. She is on holidays for eighteen days, starting tomorrow. You're not counting, though. She is my right hand woman, and I've never been nervous about someone going on holidays. And I said to her um, today, I said, "I'm so nervous about you going away, because she is someone like she is so good in that she actually knows what I'm thinking. Like she oh, will actually nice. say." Ash, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. I need to book this in. Have you done that? She just like she knows. She's all over it. Yeah. And I think she's worried that when she comes back from those eighteen days that she's just gonna have Well, you're just gonna prove her that you can do it. But I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. I'm just gonna 
ring you every day and be like, have you done whatever you've needed to do? <coughs> I know. I know. I'm gonna, <laughs> so I'm going to start coughing now. Um, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> oh, hold on Just a second. Just have your moment. Just can you start talking? <laughs> Just have your moment of Ashley coughing, please. Okay. No, all good. <laughs> yeah. I should get the little podcast button that's got the coughing or the laughing. You should, and then it goes, me. And press it. But if I press the, the button, I don't know which one. You'll back to the sound again and we'll be back to square. I'm, I might, but I might, yeah, I might make, you know, the, the Seinfeld laughing one or a, there you go. Or the dun-dung. Like, <laughs> yeah, that one. I don't know which sound I'll get. I haven't labelled them yet. <laughs> anyway, totally off topic. Um, so, yeah, so the handover process, obviously, is really good. It's different, done in different offices. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so we've spoken about that. We've spoken about the marketing and different ways of doing it. The As a BDM, do you touch base with the client at any other stage during their management? So at this point, I'm ringing them when the property is leased and saying, congratulations, heard you got a tenant, we've got this much money, blah, blah, blah. I stay very annoyingly in if the pricing's off. So like if I'm not 100% when it's been originally priced and I know when I talk to the girls, I said, look, I'm not. So I'll have that conversation with the owner if need. They all do it, but I'll just say, look, remember when I told you it's not worth what you think it's worth? Um but I find people just ring and touch base with me more so. I certainly should have something that, you know, touches base with a three, six, nine monthly. But at this stage, I haven't implemented anything. Um, but that is something that I should do, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is like just something I completely just thought of then. And, and I don't know if you do it, but it's a good idea that I would like to start doing is um, when you get their ID and putting their birthdays yeah, in, maybe you could just trick, call them that's once good. a year for their birthday or send them a card and say happy birthday. No, please stop stalking me. Yeah, <laughs> could, it could be that. Go one of two ways. But that would be great to that do. That is nice. No, I like that. Yeah. It's a bit better than the Christmas card because Christmas card's a bit expected. Correct. And people don't really always get the birthday cards all the time. That's true. I'm going to email myself. I might, I might start doing that too. Okay, we'll, good, we'll start, start doing it. Because really you could just, if you wanted to be super organised. You just um, put it in and put it in your calendar. Well, I was actually just thinking you have a whole heap of birthday cards. You pre-do them, happy birthday, and you put them in the months. This is very organised for you. Yes. I'm impressed. Don't you reckon that's a good idea? I'm very impressed, yeah. So if your birthday's in November. Then you know. You pull November out your November. Good idea. There you go. There you, you make a new range of birthday cards. But, but just like something completely like left of centre, random. That people don't do. That people don't do. Mm. I know that I would probably feel pretty special if someone gave that to me very randomly. Mm. Um, and, it's, you, don't, you know, as a BDM, you probably only need to touch base once a year with your client. How are you going? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. anyway. Very good. I like that. Thank you very much. Um, and let's also talk about the... Tell me, oh, actually, let's talk about the fees quickly because you're, uh, if you're comfortable talking about the yes. the fixed fee, you're doing three options. Yeah, uh, four, four options. Yeah. Do you think that's too many? It depends. So we have three options, as in the standard eight point five plus GST, yep. which I like and hope it is industry standard nine point three five. And then we have two like all-inclusive, so like a 12.5 plus letting and then a 15 plus 15 all-inclusive, no yep. So there are three percentage and then we do a tailor-made, which is a flat fee, mm-hmm. which you and I have discussed. Yes. So four options but really two, like a flat fee or a percentage. Yeah. Are you finding that people are going for 
the one. To be honest, people are going for the 12.5 plus letting. Okay. Yeah, which really surprises me because I'm a very 8.5 girl. That's yeah. I had investments. That's what I would go and I would pay for my routine as it comes up. I would pay for my final as it comes. That's just me. I'm a real pay when it comes in. Like I pay, pay for my, the service as you receive it. 100%. Yeah. Like I pay my accounts rates and full installments. Yeah. Like that. But people don't want to. People want to know, I find, how much rent they're getting every month, I reckon. Yeah. So they're going the higher percentage because they go, yep, this includes everything no matter what's happened that month. And that's – so that's my most common. And the letting fees mm. are first month usually. So then that's paid and then it's the 12.5 from there. Yeah. I think it's good to have options. I think um, – I guess I probably would have gone down the road of – Four options would be good to work out which one's popular and which ones people mm. go for. Maybe you have an option for uh, properties that are vacant, needing a new tenant, and properties that have already got an existing tenant because mm. that would change. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess it's whatever's working with you. But if you do only have the one – actually, I only have the one fee schedule. But, do you? Yeah. Do you find people ask you for – do you do an all-inclusive? No, I used to, though. Do you not now? I don't do it anymore, no. Oh, wow. Um, and the reason why we stopped was because we didn't find that it was um, a, like for, for us, like I think we did the 14 or 15% um, all inclusive and we weren't making as much money as what we would on the variable. Yeah. Okay. So do people ever ask you for all inclusive? Um, no, I haven't asked for the all inclusive. Um, not for a while. And if people, I do have to throw in another fee schedule because I am finding that I'm getting people ask for discounts. Is that with like multiple properties? Some multiple properties, yeah. yeah. Um, how far do you go? And I mean, I'm not asking fees, but yeah. how far can you take a discount fee? So, so I know people go well, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I call it flexibility. So, and I think from the psychology of it, people just want to have a little win. They actually don't really care about how much? Because the dollar value is usually nothing. Correct, yep. correct. It's just a little bit of a power play. And um, I was teaching this to one of my staff members the other day who she had someone who wanted to negotiate. And I said, don't go and negotiate on everything. I said, you just have to do that one little one and it'll be fine. Yep. And she came back and she said, oh, my gosh. She goes, you were right. That they was all. The they, that's all they wanted. Yep. So um, I call it flexibility. So the flexibility that I can offer if someone wants to reduce is um, I can't reduce my um, fees, but I can be flexible on the number of routine inspections you want. So I say, I don't believe in doing an inspection for the sake of getting a dollar. If your property needs to have four inspections a year, and if it's got lots of gardens, landscaping, lawns, absolutely it needs to be done, every, in my opinion, every three months. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a one-bedroom studio apartment with a balcony, like why would you go in there every 12 weeks unless you had a problem tenant? But if you had a good tenant in there... And you're doing the same report each time you go and it looks the same each time exactly you go. What a waste yeah. of money. Yeah. Okay, that's so, a very good way. So I use the word flexibility and most clients have always been happy with that flexibility. So we might, I always say to them, listen, we, we'll always do the first two inspections, but after those first two inspections, it's on you to remind me because I can't remember what we discussed about the flexibility but you can call me after the second inspection and say, Ash, the property is, is looking great. I'm very happy with how everything's going. No need to do another inspection for five months. That's great. It. So is that your like first six weeks and then your three months? Correct. Okay, yeah. That's great. What a really well-worded. But the owner has to come to me. I'm not putting – because I don't want them coming back to me and saying, 
you know, on the third inspection, you told me. So is it automatic? So after you do your first three months, you still have it in there unless they stay otherwise? Correct. Yeah, always stays in there. Good, it, okay. Because ha- if you want something that's out of my normal process. You have to tell me. You have to tell me. Do they have to tell you I'm writing? No. Nah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm happy for them just to tell me if they want. How do you remember everything? Well, well, then I've just changed it on the okay, system. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put the well, I'll put the notes in to say I spoke to the client and <laughs> just wing it. Yeah, well, I do wing a lot, but yeah, no, I'll put it in the thing to say client um happy is happy for the next inspection. Awesome. So you never discount your management fee. Um, I've discounted it for multiple properties, of course. Yep. Yep. Um, yep, and I've discounted it for properties that are high value. Yeah, when you're doing this, yeah, six or seven hundred dollars a week if yep. if they ask. But to be honest. They don't actually, people don't actually ask that much. Yeah, so, I find it that if people are educated on property um, educated on property management, they don't look at the fee as such an issue where people no. that, I find that people that don't know what you're getting and the service that's involved in managing, then they'll ask for the discount. And if they can understand, like I had one the other day, um, he had two properties brand new um, in a development and he is from Sydney and he messaged and, and I was really excited to get this deal and he messages me and he goes, um, can you explain to me why in Sydney I pay 4% management fee yes, and you were charging this? Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, like I don't want to like put him offside when we're just like just starting Did this you conversation. Just say that everybody does? This yes. is what we do here? Well, so I ended up just, all I did is I replied back to him and I said, listen, the only um, explanation I've got is that in Sydney, the rental prices, the median house price has always been significantly larger. And as a result, over the time, property managers have reduced their fees accordingly, um, where the median house price in Perth is only this. And that's why our fees are very strong and data. And he responded back and said, no worries. Thanks for that. Send me through the DocuSign. He just wanted to understand why. And I think that's the thing. If, as soon as people get it, they go, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Thanks, hey. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's taking the time of explaining it correctly. Correct. Yeah. So flexibility on fees is um, like is what like I would promote as opposed to fee negotiation. And there's other things that you can negotiate on. So you might ne- – um, well, actually, there's actually only one other thing you can negotiate on, in my opinion, and that is the internet upload. So with the internet upload, I would say to a client, if their finances allow – I said, and if you want to save your money on your internet upload, I will put it to my database for two days. And if I can find someone on my database, you don't have to pay your um, your internet upload. Mm-hmm. But if I can't, then we've got to put it on the internet. Okay. So that's my other flexibility. Yeah. Because it's not costing me. If I have to put it on the no. internet, it's not costing me anything. Do you find – see, I find databases so interesting because I feel like tenants move so quickly. Don't get me wrong. Like we have – over 900 properties, so we have a good, obviously, network within. But I just find that tenants move. Like, you need a rental, you need a rental now. Do you know? So yeah, I, but are you using IRE? Yeah, we have and we have it all there. So when you do your on list, you have all that. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just very big of advertising. Yeah. So I um, – actually, I've just remembered something else we're talking about. So with advertising, so my the, pro, the way – the reason why I can get away with doing our database is because we have – 83% of our portfolio is in the local South Perth area. Yeah. So the number of active tenants that are looking in at the, our specific area is huge. Of course. So yeah. I can't do that in all suburbs. No. But I can do it in, in South Perth. Specifically here. Because we are known to be very hyper-local. Okay. That's why we can do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but, yeah, definitely not. Like out of area. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I had an interesting discussion with someone the other day about, um, and it was a landlord actually, about applying tenants applying for properties before viewing. Are you, have you changed that during COVID? No. So I remember we ha- I heard at the PM day when somebody said that she wanted them to apply before. That was Donna. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, no. So we still – so obviously we use IRA, as you know. Um, so they do their pre-questionnaire their COVID, uh, agree, agree, agree. Um, but we're still, you can't apply unless you have viewed it or had somebody view it on your behalf. And we use yep. 10 options for yep. that. So, oh, look, I see the benefits. And, you know, like it's very old school when you used to have your application ready and take it and hand it to the property manager and say, I love organised, don't get me wrong. But I think it's good to just go through the process. And you can tell a lot, I think, from a person when you meet them. Yeah. I think, you know, I really like to take the time, meet them, see how you are, your manners, the old school like that. So Their character is yeah. like, yeah, so yeah, important. They're letting their kids run wild. Yes. You know, all the fun stuff. Absolutely. No, absolutely, without a doubt. The um, So this client um, conversation I was having, and I know that people like Donna, they absolutely swear by. They do. That that is the only way to do it. Yeah. And and I, if it works well for their um, company, without a doubt, that's great. But I, um, the feedback that I had from a landlord was that if you, um, if you are getting people to apply first and then you are shortlisting and then you were showing that person through individually, you're not creating that demand that could possibly push rents up. And you're not creating the urgency Correct. and the competition and everything that you want that is a little bit stressful for the person looking. Correct. But it's working in your owner's best interest. Correct. Yeah. So I think we have to really just move with the times um, and maybe if the market does not, um, it does drop and not become as hot, maybe I might consider that. I think the real thing we changed with COVID with applications was, well, not so much applications with viewings, a lot of videos. The girls do a lot now, like before a viewing or after a viewing, they'll FaceTime somebody that wasn't here or send a video or have a video on file, Mm. um, which again is great because it was still meeting that market, but they'll always hold a home open. And, yeah. you know, they'll still hold the people at the front door if they need to, have the numbers in and go from there. Mm. And, you know, even for the people viewing, yeah, just, yeah, I think I like the competition because it makes you move quickly and want it and put your best foot forward and make sure you fill that application out perfectly instead of being slack. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I have found it also hard to process an application when I haven't met somebody before. I agree, because you don't know what they like. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And I know that... We, you know, it's like you could argue the fact, well, if it's good on paper, then you back it up with meeting them. But it's sort of like... It's, and sometimes people don't look amazing on paper. Correct. And they're an amazing... And they might keep the house better than anybody else. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it complements each other. Yeah. I think you need to do both. And I don't think you should shortlist and then have other people miss out because you haven't processed their application before a viewing. Give everybody the opportunity. If everybody is quick and keen, they'll get their application. Like if you like yeah. something, you're going to get your application in straight away anyway. Yeah. So what's yeah. the difference? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm happy to move with the times, but I just think I'll wait till it's not as popular. Yeah, um, I agree. Home opens quieting down a bit. Um, now let's finish off because I could talk to you all day. I know we're good at that. I know. Um, we should actually just do a podcast one day of us chatting, just general chit chat. I've, um, I've actually thought about that before. I don't know if I've ever told you, but about having a podcast, which is just office banter. Oh, so, so for those people, you would, our office, 
Just stick microphones on you all. So those poor I people think that have work... a heart attack of our office banter. It is so yeah. Lucky people... our business owners don't walk in sometimes. Yeah, ours is pretty ruthless as well. Ours is hilarious for those in the room. Not so much. But can you imagine these poor property managers over in Victoria, New South Wales, who are there by themselves in lockdown? Yeah. Imagine putting on a bit of office banter in the background as a podcast. I think you would be cracking up. Like it would yeah. be so nice and lighthearted. And as long as people don't take you too seriously, yeah. I yeah. think it would be wonderful. And so I'm just picturing so everyone has the little microphone lapels. And there might be moments of silence and then it might be moments of like Absolutely. this and that. And toilet talk. Absolutely. <laughs> and you just have that in the background. Yeah, that would be good. So. I'm keen. <laughs> we'll discuss that later. Um, let's finish off by you telling me what is your favourite marketing method as a BDM? Oh, gosh. Um, my marketing method. Yeah, like it. where do you get your new business from at the moment? Uh, I'm very, so I'm very lucky. We have a very good team of sales reps and I'm also very annoying. Um, so I will annoy them until they give me leads. I like a lot of existing client referral. So, you know, if you get one lead from say a sales rep and then it turns into that rep's client giving you many, many leads because you've impressed them so much. Um, but we do get a lot of rep referral and like, even like the coffee shop, like I get my coffee from the same girl every day and I talk so loud that like I could sell myself in that coffee shop every morning. So I think just me being my loud, sometimes obnoxious self is the best way to be because I'm always happy to help. Like if somebody has a question about anything real estate, property management related, I love that. So I take the time to answer and people like it. You know, people like when you put the effort in. So, so, yeah. so I mean, maybe the, um, the, the, um, the approachability of so. you is probably makes it really easy to get new business because people know they can just call you or speak to you and ask me anything correct like, no questions stupid about anything real estate and if I don't know I'm surrounded by incredibly t- intelligent people that do know so yeah I like to always offer my help and if people like even if our sales reps are struggling or need a hand like I'll always say if you need me to do a home open I'm happy because I'll meet people and yeah, just stuff like that, I guess. So when I do a bio for you and I can put favourite marketing method, I can put my personality. <laughs> that is so wanky. <laughs> Please don't put that. I put those words in your mouth, you didn't. Oh. So um, <laughs> I, I promise I won't do oh, that to Ash, you. Oh, um, <clears throat> Favourite book? Are you reading a book at the moment? No, I'm not. But I have seen a book called Life is Tough But So Are You. Yeah. Who wrote, who, I'm not heard of that one, actually. I think her name starts with B. No, yeah. maybe, I don't know. But I bought it at Target while I was waiting to collect, to click and collect. And it is on my bedside table to read. How long has it been on your bedside table? Only last week. Oh, good. Because I'd seen it on Instagram and I thought, oh, I really want to buy that book. And then when I was waiting in line, I was like, oh, there it is. So it must have been a bit of a sign. Yeah. So it's there, ready and waiting. Fantastic. Yeah. What well, are you reading? Um, I am reading a book that Michelle Rick gave me. Yeah. Uh, and it is The Art of productive disagreements you posted that yes yeah okay. i'm still reading how's it going i'm still reading it it's a little it's <laughs> a little impressed it's you know it's good it's but it's quite in depth like you do need to concentrate on it it's not it's like not a, a i feel like i've got to really concentrate on it because it's quite a serious um the psychological uh, reason behind conflict and Damn. yeah it's really it is good okay. um it talks it actually even talks about children conflict with your kids and how, like, sometimes discipline doesn't work because, like, if I was to say hypothetically, this is where I'm at in the book, if I was to say to the kids, um, you can't have um, 
you can't play on your iPad till you clean your room, mm-hmm. then are they cleaning the room because they really want to or are they cleaning the room because they want the iPad? And it's about how you want them to clean their room. Because they want to clean want the room. To. Wow. Sort of, yeah. Okay. I got to just. You have to concentrate there. I got to concentrate. Yeah. Because it's because I'm learning for my how to, life for my life as well as clients. Um, but you know, it talks about how people have you can get into an argument with a client for different reasons, and it's working out what that reason is. So, is are you arguing with a client? Arguing is a harsh word, but are you arguing with a client because it's their belief because they've been brought up to believe. That, of that opinion. Of that opinion. Mm-hmm. Or are you arguing because you haven't provided them facts, like in a bond inspection? Because if it's on facts, then it needs to be treated different. Yeah. Yep. But if it's on their belief or their opinion, you're not you can't change, change that. that. Yeah. Yep. So then why do we argue? Why are you to, trying to get a point across? When you're, correct. Yeah. Because I've got my opinion, you've got your opinion, and we are allowed to have difference of opinions. As long as you can meet in the middle to resolve whatever the issue is. Correct. Yep. And and also about the importance of um, you don't want to be changing someone's opinion beliefs. and beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So it's sort of about that. And actually, I'll quickly um, I'll quickly just finish off with a, um, a story where we had a property that burnt down and, oh. yeah, and the um, property manager was having a really hard time with the owner. And I actually said to um, the property manager, why is the owner being so, you know, cranky over it? Because they've got a really old property and they're about to get it renovated through insurance. Yep. So I'm thinking – as a landlord, winner, winner. a lot of landlords would be quite excited about that, wouldn't they? They get a, would think so. You would get a brand new place. You've got your rent paid by the insurance company for six months, all of this stuff. So I'm in my mind, I'm thinking it's not, not the end of the world. It's a townhouse. It's in a complex. So, But what happened was they were, they were really distressed over it and we couldn't work it out and they were getting quite angry and agitated with us because we were just saying we don't know what you're talking about. So, But what it ended up being is that this lady had inherited the property from her mum just mm-hmm. recently. Her mum had passed away. And the curtains, the old 30-year-old lace curtains that were downstairs, the tenant had removed and popped upstairs because they didn't like them. They would have put them back down. Of course, when they make it, yeah. Correct. I'm okay with that. But the top floor burnt down and these curtains got burnt and they're sentimental value. So in my mind... I was thinking, why are they carrying on about this? Why these? do you care? Why do you care? Because you're about to get brand new ones. But they were so distressed because their mum picked those curtains 30 years and ago and she's, she's passed. And that was why she was so upset. So then when we understood why they were so, why she was so upset over it, mm. we could then go, okay, this is why. I understand. We won't argue over no. this anymore. I get it. But, wow. but it's just a very good example of how you really need to ask the right questions in conflict to, to, to understand. Why. Yeah. yeah. And when you understand, it's there's no conflict there. So that yeah. was like a little story to good. finish off about my book. <laughs> so I will finish reading it. Um, lovely to chat with you. I am going to be um, calling this podcast BDM Banter <laughs> because I think that sums up you and I. And um, I appreciate you coming back. Thank, Thank you. you for having me as always. And um, if anyone wants to reach out to Kel, what is the best platform to reach out? Instagram Alliance.leasing. Perfect. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.
The team at The Grout Guy are leading experts in regrouting, waterproofing and tiling services nationwide. Property managers find comfort in their 10-year waterproof warranty on all full shower regrouts. Visit thegroutguy.com.au to rejuvenate your property's tiles and grout now.